everyone. Welcome to the Hey CTO podcast. I'm Peter Torres. And I'm Sarah Gonçalves. And this is a space where you can get to know a little bit better the members of the CTO Portugal community. Today, our guest is Ana Martins Carvalho. Ana, thank you so much for being on today's episode. Thanks for having me. No. Ana, it's, it's, you know, it's a super pleasure to, to be talking with you. Uh, and you know, and to, to get to, to know you a little bit better and, and your, your, your current projects, you know, so it, for, for, for anyone that is listening to us, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you've been doing lately. Okay, so um, I'm Anna. I'm the co-founder and CTO of Anansi, which is an tech startup. Um, well, my experience is in software engineering, I guess with more of a focus on the backend. Uh, I've worked mostly in finance, uh, both in startups and uh, larger corporations uh, in London. And before founding Anansi, I started freelancing um, because I, I guess I wanted to experience different challenges in other domains, mm -hmm. um, but also have the freedom of managing uh, my own time remotely. Uh, and I guess lately I've been uh, f full time on Anansi. Ah, okay. Sure. So, and, and can you can you tell us a bit more about Anansi? So, and what we have been doing lately there? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, Anansi is an insure tech startup uh, with the goal of building automated shipping insurance products. Um, I founded Anansi with my co-founder Megan when we were both in London um, because we were seeing firsthand how data was being used to power new finance tools and startups. But in insurance, which is, I guess, a comparable domain, uh, insurance was still very much in the dark ages uh, with lots of formal processes. You know, you need to speak to someone, lots of back and forth, manual forms. Um, so that was that. And then we started playing around with this idea of using data to automate the process of getting insurance or even understanding what kind of insurance is required. Uh, because I think most of us and i think most businesses as well just get insurance when someone tells you you need insurance but you don't have an understanding of what insurance you need um so i guess uh we've evolved a lot since that and fast forwarding to the present uh we've uh, launched um an app on the shopify app store i guess as our first proof of concept and for for, for who doesn't know what Shopify is, Shopify is, is an e-commerce platform where you can sell things online. Um, and the, our app automates the process of carrying insurance uh, for losses or delays in parcels and also pays back the claims automatically. So this is what we call parametric insurance because there are certain triggers that we get from the data so we can just do everything ourselves. Um, so we have raised a seed round uh, just this summer, so we're now in a sort of growth phase. We're hiring across the business, uh, we're negotiating new partnerships, and we're planning new insurance products, so it's a very exciting time for us. No, for wow. sure. You, you just you just mentioned them. Um, so obviously, I think that, you know, what, what, I, what I think, uh, you know, everyone heard is that you start a startup, you know, um, it's been quite successful. You just did kind of, you know, the starting kind of exploring how you can integrate it with Shopify. And you just mentioned the seed round. Um, I actually, I saw the news when, when, when they came out and I was, I was really happy with that. I was really impressed. What, what was the feeling? Like, was this something, you know, that were you imagining exactly like it was, 
Or, you know, mm -hmm. kind of, were you super excited? Were you expecting it to, to be so soon? So tell us a little bit about those feelings when, mm -hmm. when you got that seed round. Uh, yeah, no, I think, I think the process of actually getting, you know, everything signed and getting uh, the seed round can be maybe a little bit, I mean, we're super happy, of course. Maybe it can be a little bit, you know, anticlimactic, you know, contract oh. comes, contract goes. And everything's online <laughs> so you know you're in the same space where you always are so it's just like okay nothing changes immediately so it's not like you have the feeling uh okay. but obviously uh after that the conversation changes because now you have this money to grow the business so now you have fixed plans you know um what you need to do to reach your goals and you actually have the means to start implementing it. So I think it's a gradual uh, understanding of, okay, things changed. Uh, but I think also, uh, um, well, this, I guess, may, may sound a bit odd, but when the, the news came out, it was a bit later than when things actually were signed. Uh, I see. Um, but I think just having, you know, the news come out and everyone congratulating us and sharing, I think that's also like, an important moment okay now the world knows you know exactly. now now the eyes are on us and we're moving forward so <laughs> so almost like a second celebration right <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> and how it was in the beginning when you started that idea with your megan it was mm -hmm. his name how it was in the beginning to to grow a team and uh, because you, you, you mentioned that insurance world can be a bit, mm, not many people knows about it. How it was to recruit people to, to your team? It was challenging or? Um, it's It's been challenging, I guess, especially for uh, uh, talking about hiring um, software engineers. Uh, it is a very challenging market as, as uh, we all know. I think, um, I think one of the the good things of having all of this, you know, insurance is probably not the attractive, the most attractive space when you think about insurance. Um, but I think people that have applied um, are people that really look uh, at the the innovation and in the business and really understand. Okay, I see this is a pain point, and it sounds really exciting to solve this problem. So, so I'm in. So I think I see, you know, when people come into an interview. They've done their research, so they ask me, okay, so what's what's this pain points or why isn't, you know, X and Y already doing this? You know, what's, what is the actual problem? So I think on one hand, it's harder to get, you know, lots of people coming in, but I think people who do apply have, uh, are, I guess, have more of an understanding of, of the business and why they want to work with us. No, for sure. And one thing that definitely you mentioned that I, I really, really resonates with me is right now we are seeing, you know, everywhere a huge um, challenge in, um, in hiring people. Um, I think this is something that it's happening in Portugal. It's happening in the United States. It's also happening in the United Kingdom for sure. Um, I know that, you know, your co-founder is in, in, the, in the UK, if, if, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, you're, for instance, you're right now uh, based in Portugal. Um, so I'm assuming that you are working pretty much as a distributed or remote friendly um, company. <clears throat> do you do you see that as something that it actually kind of 
can play on your favor. So let's say that, you know, when people reach out to you and you're kind of, you know, assessing a, a candidate, do you see that there is more interest because, you know, people can actually say, oh, no, look, we can work from everywhere. And, you know, and, you know, there is a strong correlation with a healthy work-life balance. Mm -hmm. or, um, or how do you see or do you think that actually this remote situation and all this being distributed is, is not that kind of such an interesting thing after all? Yeah. Um, well, that's a very good question. I think, well, just a correction, first of all, Megan is currently in Germany. She is, um, oh, in Germany. She is wow. British, but she currently lives in Germany. Um, okay. Yeah, we, we, I mean, we met in London, but we, even then we were always remote. Uh, we met just a few times uh, wow. and we always wanted to keep that culture uh, within uh, the company. You know, it's working great for us. It's working uh, really well for our team uh, too. I think as in terms of being an advantage or not, it's interesting. I would say maybe not so much of an advantage at this point in time, post pandemic, where there's many more companies mm. working remotely. I see. So I guess that's not so much of a selling point. I think it's still pretty good selling point for some people, but maybe not as relevant as it was before the pandemic, uh, if that makes sense. But one interesting mm -hmm. thing is that um, when, before the pandemic, I was, uh, well, we weren't hiring employees um, just then, but we were like trying to have like maybe one year contract with someone um, uh, before pre 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 seed funding, and uh, I remember asking my friends in Portugal. I mean, do you know someone will you know like to do this? And people have are more like risk averse in Portugal, so no one wants to leave their office stable job and work remotely people like working uh, going to the office being with their friends uh, and just having i guess a uh, regular office life so most people weren't really attracted by working from home before wow, um but i think now it's definitely different well it's different i think some people found out that they actually liked working remotely even though they thought they wouldn't uh but some yeah. people realize no no i really prefer to be in the office um so i think there's a bigger pool of people that would be attracted by the idea but also big bigger pool of companies that offer that possibility so i think it's still pretty much a challenge no for sure yeah. makes sense and talking about challenges what do you say what, what would you say that uh, it's the the biggest challenge for a remote company and if there is one, oh. do you have any <laughs> tips? <laughs> That's good. Okay. Um, well, I think the challenge could be also, well, continuing maybe the, the, the previous topic about hiring uh, people that actually suited to work uh, remotely because some people really need that um, enforcement of being in the office and having the support of you know the physical presence of a team, which is totally fine, uh, and um, some people are just really just would like to be left alone, happy to jump on a call to solve issues, but really like to manage their own time and be more independent, mm -hmm. which is the kind of people that we want in a startup anyway. 
So I think maybe there's that uh, first um, challenge. I think one challenge that's maybe most commonly uh, spoken about is keeping the team values and culture. Uh, because now you have people alone in their homes yeah. uh, and you still want them to feel part of your team. Um, the way we're, I guess, addressing that is we have some processes in place, you know, just have some team socials. Um, we also have uh, team meetings where we just talk about the business or are very transparent about everything that's happening in the business, you know, about funding, where we are with our goals, where each department, what each department is sort of working on. So we're trying to, to have some process in place to make everyone feel part of, of the, the growth uh, of the company. But um, complementing that, I wouldn't say that's just a remote office a uh, problem i think um the i think the main problem when you're in the office is that companies rely too much on the physical space um to make employees feel like they belong mm -hmm. to the company um and i think when you go remote you're then you need to be more intentional and put more thought up around how do we pass on the values to the Absolutely. people instead of just having them come into the same room and feel like they belong to that group. Yeah. That, that makes perfect sense. You know, actually mm -hmm. I, I was reading about that, that maybe in a remote environment it's a little bit more challenging to, you know, to assure mm -hmm. values and shared values and principles. But the thing is that it can definitely be done, right? We've seen interesting companies like GitLab, for instance, now that just went through an IPO they were fully remote all along, yeah. right? And there are thousands yeah. of employees. And I think that we need more of these um, uh, examples, you know, to actually kind of to show, you know, to, you know, yeah. with all due respect to the Googles of this life and Facebooks that, sure, having an awesome and fantastic office is great, but culture, values, principles, it's much more than, than just a physical yeah. space like you described, right? No, absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> and then one thing, we are talking about like, you know, one thing that is super interesting, right? Kind of, you know, remote work, um, decision, deciding if a company should do that or not, values and principles, the culture, definitely lots of things that obviously it's important for everyone, but when you're running your own company, it becomes with a different importance, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, did you ever imagine to to become a, a, a co-founder, um, entrepreneur? Was that kind of something that you planned all along or was this something that it was completely out of the blue completely random mm -hmm. uh, well I guess yes and no uh, <laughs> I think um, you know there's a lot of talk about new startups and people building things and uh, well I guess you know especially especially in London you know there's a new product a new tool coming out every week and you're just like really excited and you want to be part uh, of the whole thing but you're also very curious like how 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 do they actually do this you know how to, do you like put things in practice i think i think looking back it required me maybe being a little bit naive about all the hardships <laughs> that came ahead but you know but i think i'm just naturally very curious and i like to try new things 
Um, so I was always very interested, but I haven't actually, you know, actively looked for a way to build something serious or start um, start a company uh, before I, I met Megan and we started working on Anansi. So I guess, you know, the, the bug uh, and the, the willingness was, was there. And then only when, you know, Anansi came along, uh, I started, you know, more actively working on that, but also always focused on, you know, this is a very interesting tech challenge that I would like to, to resolve. And then, you know, let's just see where, where this will take me. And you mentioned um, that it all happened when you were in London, right? Mm -hmm. How did that happen? Why, why London? How, how did mm -hmm. you come up <laughs> there? Uh, well, I always wanted to, to live abroad. So when the time came to start looking for a job, I only looked for a job in the UK, didn't look anywhere else. Um, I, and I, I guess, picked UK because I, I thought that it would, you know, for a software engineer or, or I guess looking at the software engineering landscape, yeah, the London and the UK would be the place where I have access to the most um, uh, innovation and, you know, what's, what's cutting edge in the industry. So I thought, you know, I'm taking this seriously. You know, I don't want a job just to, to make a living. I want to be at the edge. So that's, that's why, you know, I, I, I went there, I guess I, I did the full interview process uh, from Portugal. I signed the contract while I was still here. I even rented a room while I was still here. I never went to the UK for that. And then, oh. you know, when the time came, I just booked my one-way flight and off I went. Wow. What an adventure. <laughs> no, for sure. I, I can totally relate to that. I've, I've lived in, in, uh, in, the, in London as well. Uh, and I can see completely what you're describing. Like, I, I believe that obviously London had a big part in, in also inspiring you to, to, to become an entrepreneur because definitely yeah. the tech scene, like the city has a, a very positive vibe of, you know, of, of can-do attitude. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's definitely not a surprise that actually kind of London also had this positive influence on, on Anansi. That's, no, that's, sure. that's great. Yeah. <laughs> and tell yeah. us one thing. So you started the company, right? So you were a software engineer, uh, you know, so I, from what I understood, like someone very um, um, uh, comfortable with Python, right? Mm -hmm. and, and then all of a sudden you start a company and become a CTO. Uh, what what changed? Like, did you did you notice like any sort of difference like right off the bat? You know, like almost on day one, or was this something that it was kind of very natural to you and nothing really changed? Hmm. Um, well, it's funny because uh, when when we started the Nancy, I was freelancing. Well, as well as I still had like my my day job, but I started freelancing because mm -hmm. I wanted to mm -hmm. be remote and maybe start uh, being a digital nomad um but uh but basically i was like you know trying this so in the beginning you know when you're trying this new idea you can feel a little bit like you know it's a freelance project you have to build this product you know okay. i guess as you do for your clients um so you don't initially you know you don't have to worry about all of these things that we were talking before you know company culture <laughs> uh, you know you just want the prototype that works and shows mm -hmm. um what you what your vision uh so i think it's more of a gradual change 
So all of a sudden, you know, we we went to to an accelerator. So then you have more structure. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so we we we've done an accelerator in in Switzerland actually, um, in Zurich. So you start having a little bit more structure around um, uh, around like product. So what what what's your vision? What's your mission? What what user cases? Um, you know, user. Uh, cases you have around this product or problem you're trying to solve or problems do you want to solve maybe you should focus on this specific pro uh, problem so it's start slowly having more structure as the mm -hmm. product evolves um i think yeah i think it's one of those things that maybe looking back at the beginning is just like massive change but it's definitely <laughs> gradual it's not like an overnight thing for sure yeah and, but I'm curious, so do you keep practicing your full stack development skills? So is code still part of uh, of your CTO life or, mm -hmm. or not um, Well, yes, it is. Uh, I guess, you know, as a, a very small company, you know, the resources are uh, scarce. So you need to you need to do whatever the company needs. Um, I think uh, at this point, there's, I, I'm not like coding full time. You know, there's a lot of other areas of the business that require my attention. So I'm not like mm -hmm. actively building uh, features or anything like that. You know, I'm more like maintenance, but fixing code reviews, I guess more mm -hmm. more on maybe a team lead sort of role at the moment while keeping, you know, the um, also product, uh, I'm also HR, I'm also uh, <laughs> compliance and legal and, you know, whatever the Playing business needs, basically. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. And, and tell one thing, and, you know, and this is super curious because it was actually one of the, of the questions that, are, that one person did to me when I was on Web Summit that was, you know, so, you know, with all these responsibilities, right, coding, reviewing code, um, running an organization, being HR legal, so, so wearing so many hats, do you see yourself becoming a CTO completely hands-off? So is that mm -hmm. kind of part of the ambition and you see that as kind of a natural evolution? Do you always want to, you know, to stay somehow uh, hands-on or do you have a different vision of what you would like kind of, you know, to evolve into? Mm -hmm. um, well, I think... It, at least from what I've seen now, the natural evolution would be maybe to like to leave, um, to to leave the, the hands-on tech development and maybe uh, position myself more on a strategic um, point of view. Uh, I th I think you know there's maybe generalizing a bit. There's never there's never the best time. Is is more what what does the business need from me at this point, and that's what I'm. I'm sort of uh, trying to provide, um, and it's also also I guess managing the needs of the business, but also your personal preferences. So I think maybe you know if I was a person that really wanted to stay hands on, I would maybe hire someone to uh, to do the other parts of the business that are taking uh, my sure. time. Uh, but I guess what I'm doing is okay. I'm hiring people that I trust to take uh, more of a lead on the tech side, and I'm the one addressing. The other parts of the business that maybe re require my attention more because they're more like maybe strategic for the direction of sure. uh, the business. 
So I guess it's it's very much as a, a personal experience, as you said. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, and, and you mentioned in, in the beginning that you are someone that likes to learn new things, always learning new challenges and so on. At this phase, how do you see yourself? Like, what kind of things do you feel that you need to learn more? What things continue to leave you curious? And mm -hmm. uh, what makes you continue to evolve, like, in, throughout your your career? Mm -hmm. um, well, I think it's interesting because I think maybe the, the entrepreneur, um, with all of its hardships, course i think it's it's a very good path for someone like that you know that likes to to learn new things because you're forced to understand how to build something you know how to have a system in production what's the best architecture for your platform and those are things that maybe you don't necessarily learn in the companies uh, if you're mostly like a, an engineer and that's just coding uh, more or less, or even if you, you are dealing with the architecture, you're most times presented with uh, some something that already exists. So you're not forced to actually uh, start from scratch and see whatever is available and reason um, about them. So so I think is is you know it's just a big learning experience around everything related to tech. I guess at this point. How do we scale this business for, you know, millions of users in the in the best case? So how can we still keep this logic that we have, but with many users coming in, uh, with multiple insurance products? Um, so I guess you know how do we how do we handle uh, lots of data? How do we handle lots of income operations? Um, how do we, you know, all, all of that tech challenges, I think, uh, are really, really good. And you need to look at what's being done out there and what's new and what what the the companies that are most innovative in this space are doing, I think. Um, but also there's a flip side of the business. So how do you keep your business relevant? Uh, and I think that's also looking at um, innovations. So how do you keep... Uh, you know, we've started this, I guess, a few years ago, and you know, the the landscape is moving so fast, not just in tech, but in other in all of the industries. That when you think of making a change, something new come up, and you know, the decision is now uh, the best choice is now a different one. So it's really hard, I think, to keep up. Uh, so I think it's just trying the best we can to incorporate new innovations. Uh, for instance, we just implemented. Um, Open banking, for instance, as a payment in our um, solution. So I guess just an example of try to keep the product relevant, not just um, not just the I guess the core business idea, you know, like goods in transit insurance, but also the way people interact with your product needs to feel uh, relevant as well. Mm, for sure, <laughs> no, I, I love that. That that advice is fantastic and. And maybe with the spirit of that in mind. So, you know, imagine that, for instance, you know, me and Sara, we wanted to start a, a startup. But mm -hmm. we don't. <laughs> just to make it clear. <laughs> but let's say that, you know, we we would just, you know, bump the three of us kind of you know, onto each other. We say, hey, Anna, look, you started a startup. You you went on, on, on an incubator. 
you just got you know your 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 seat uh, round who knows when the series a will come up like what would be your advice for someone that is you know is pretty much kind of starting the journey that is super important because you know and thank god we know that the nancy was a very successful um story but for each Nancy that we have a lot of them unfortunately fail Mm -hmm. And so I always think that any sort of advice for someone that is actually kind of striving and winning on such a demanding world as the startups, always it's it's interesting to understand kind of, you know, like one tip, one sort of guidance that you would definitely give to someone that would start a new startup today. Okay. What would that advice be? Um, well, I would like to start maybe uh, for thanking you for saying you don't want to start one um, <laughs> because I think some people might feel the pressure you know it's like cool to start something mm-hmm. and they i think some people might think oh this is the only way forward or it's like boring to just work at a company mm-hmm. and that's like totally not true uh you know it's very much personal preference it's okay either way so awesome. you know it's it's good to also share very the stories place. of people that don't don't want to you know it's fine <laughs> yeah uh, but if you do what i say is um be kind to yourself because as you say m- most ideas don't actually turn into su- successful businesses um and i think that's also something that was for me maybe hard to realize in the beginning you know when you start something you have no idea if it's going to be successful or not and i think there were points where i was like closely associating the success of the business with my own personal success so if something went wrong you know i failed or i was a failure um and you know you read all of the success stories and you think all of these people managed you know i must be doing something wrong but you know that's not there's so many variables you know it's it's mostly a luck i think luck plays Fantastic. a lot of uh, a big part in this so i just say you know, be kind, enjoy the process, enjoy what you're learning in the process uh, as well. Don't focus too much on the end goal because that will most certainly change, especially in the beginning. Um, and, you know, even if you start something and, you know, a few months in you think, oh my God, this isn't for me, I don't want to continue this, it's fine as well. Um, you know, just just explore whatever idea that you, you want to explore any idea that you'd like to explore but also keep keep your 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 feet on the ground and you know the what's best for you in the end fantastic yeah. love love so happy to make that question thank you very good yeah. answer and i <laughs> like the, the beginning that it's okay if you don't want to start the startup yeah. sometimes <laughs> people see like that uh, it's the only way like to to feel achieved or something like that yeah. but you can find your achievements uh, on on other ways different as well. ways right? yeah absolutely yeah so cool uh, and and uh, tell me something so since that beginning of ananti um do you see something that you, right now you will do differently so something that you regret <laughs> <laughs> or some some lesson that you learned um well i don't know maybe maybe it's a little cliche but you <laughs> well i guess you've learned with all the decisions so you know i can say maybe i wouldn't i wouldn't change anything uh what i would say maybe as i think the 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 biggest 
shock or the biggest learning for me is that um, you know insurance is a regulated environment. So you go into the startup world and you start building a product and maybe you have some expectations because you've read what other companies have done, how they've launched you know the products they have. But in a regulated environment, you need to go to the pay, uh, you know, the same pace as regulations and the partners that need to accompany you because of how the environment works. So sometimes it can be a little bit um, hard uh, because you're excited to move forward and then you just have to wait because there's no yeah. other uh, option. Yeah, you need to adapt to the environment you are in, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, nice for sure. <clears throat> one one question that I have in mind, you know, and, and definitely I, I would love to pick your brain is definitely there are a lot of startups there, just like we just mentioned. Some of them are very successful, some are not, some are actually kind of in a very good track, you know, to become, God knows, the unicorns that all startups have sort of ambition. Mm -hmm. One thing that definitely changed on, on recent years was to actually to see Portuguese you know, running a startup, being the founders of, of startups, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking about um, Paulo Rosado from OutSystems, you know, where Startup works, mm -hmm. um, Tiago Paiva from, from TalkDesk. Um, we also have uh, Nuno Sebastião from, from Feedseye, um, you know, so it's, I think that we also, we also all, or always saw, you know, that the software engineering in Portugal was was great, and definitely I think it was always a, a you know a, a, some sort of a secret that we actually were very capable here. But now we're actually seeing Portuguese taking taking the lead on an entire initiative, an entire company. And now we have someone like you, Anna, kind of you know taking the same sort of steps. You know, who knows when you're going to get to Unicorn? Do you think mm -hmm. that the, the the this sort of landscape is changing and it's making easier for Portuguese kind of you know to win? Uh, on on the sort of industry that they are trying to disrupt. So do you do you look to these people and also José Neves from Farfetch, for instance. Mm -hmm. He also you know is based in the UK. So do you see that you know these first kind of founders that are now you know respected worldwide are opening the doors for you know for someone like you to also kind of you know to win there, or do you just get at least inspiration from there? How do you how do you see these kind of you know? Portuguese that kind of took the lead and you're kind of following the exact same steps? Yeah, no, no, that's that's a very good question. I think, uh, well, I think the short answer is yes. Um, maybe uh, speaking a little bit more um, uh, generally, representation is very important um, in whatever field, you know, I guess we can also, in, in not just uh, tech or about nationality, but in other aspects as well. Uh, so if you see people like you doing something, um, you feel, oh, okay, it's possible. I guess in the specific example, um, you know, in, uh, in terms of someone from the same country doing things, it is in inspiring, especially when you start in a different country and you just see people, um, you relate to people, obviously, but you see, oh, okay, so there's this this person is Portuguese as well, and he's doing this thing. So it's actually not as um, new for some someone also Portuguese starting this. So it's not going to be news. Uh, you know, it's not going to be 
uh, weird or I don't know. I don't know what the right word for it is, but it definitely helps you feel more. Okay, so this is this is normal now, and I think exactly. I I can say as well that being in the uh, the CTO community helps helps with that as well because there's a lot of variety of companies, not just based in Portugal but also based outside of Portugal, and there's you know CTOs and managers from very well known companies that I knew, but you, I guess you heard, you hear of companies, and you know them as a black box. You don't know people in the company, so actually knowing, oh, okay, so this person is like, you know, a manager for Microsoft, where this person is a CTO in this company that I actually know very well because, uh, you know, it's it's from London. So I think, think, oh, okay, so this is actually, you know, it's it's not as disruptive as you think in the beginning because it's just cool. So it's possible. So it's good. Sure. Yeah. Really cool. Very well. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it, I agree that it feels good, and, and I can understand that it feels good because it's not like a total unknown. You <laughs> you kind of kind of you can talk with someone that already passed through that to that journey, and you can take some examples from that. So it's not total unknown, and you might feel little bit more safe but of course with no. all the risks that yeah that have exactly placed. i guess it's it's a false yeah. sense of maybe safety, yeah but it's still useful <laughs> yeah 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 and we need, well, we need more examples for sure about that yeah That's fantastic yeah and it's good Sarah, to keep inspiring think... inspiring to, to each other yeah no for sure so i think that we you know, we are pretty much at the end of our of our episode. I think that we have time for one question, right? At least one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so you want to, yeah. to take the lead on that one? Yeah, yeah. I'll go with the first one. Yeah. Me and Pedro, we will always like to finish this conversation with one or two more fun questions <laughs> to okay. get to know you a bit more, a, a better. And uh, I'm, I'm curious about something that you share with us. So it seems that you like to crochet uh mm -hmm. so i was curious to know how did that begin why crochet and do you find it relaxing by being something totally different from from what you do professionally mm -hmm. yeah no that's that's actually a, a funny story so i have a friend that um that you know knows crochet since she was a kid because she has she had you know her mom and uh, grandma uh, teaching her but you know, it's, I guess it's just not something that I had in my family. So I was like curious and also intrigued, you know, uh, about mm -hmm. that. But I've never picked up until after I started Anansi and after I started traveling a bit, I felt like I needed like a hobby that I could take with me. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like a, yeah, a remote hobby. So I thought, hmm, okay. <laughs> remote hobby. That, that would be like a nice thing to try and also, you know, in our profession, we do everything that we do is digital, stays mm. uh, in the cloud on your computer. So I wanted to see something and touch yeah. things. So I guess that was it. One afternoon, I watched maybe six hours straight of crochet videos and the rest is history. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. And, and by, the, by the way, let me ask you a question. So you've mentioned, you know, when you were traveling, you started kind of, you know, doing that. Did yeah. you ever had any issues going through the airport because of the <laughs> of the needles of the of the crochet? So it's fine, or you you actually already had like one or two troubles with that? Yeah, no, that's that's a very good question. I did research before. Um, I don't take the metal <laughs> ones anymore. I take I have ah. like a, a wood ones, so those are fine. <laughs> ah, 
Oh, oh nice. wow. So super smart. So yeah, so the, the wood ones can go through security. It's fine. And and the metal ones, you just, you just give up on Yeah, them. I thought it's better not to take. Yeah, no, for it's sure. It's really an issue. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Always playing safe. <laughs> no, for sure. So, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, our time is up, um, you know, and uh, it was it was fantastic, um, you know, having you here uh, today. It was it was great fun uh, talking to you. So, you know, thank you. Thank you so much for for being here with us. And, um, and yes, you know, thank you, everyone, for watching the, this episode. We hope that you definitely got insights, but also a lot of inspiration from 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 Anna today. And we hope to see you soon on the next episode of Hey CTO. So stay tuned for more. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me.